Thanks for tuning in. You are now listening to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Ken Cairns, a weekly sports card podcast with lessons he's learned in the hobby and life lessons he's learned along the way. So sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded is the cards. You are now on with Ken. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in today to another collab episode with myself, sports card therapist. And that was Ken's, uh, that was his cue to jump in like we talked about, but and, and Ken from sports card lessons and Ken from sports card lessons. Uh, welcome to, uh, yeah, our second collaboration. Should I start with welcome, welcome, welcome? <laughs> there you go. Definitely, man. And uh, so, you know, I've been on your podcast a bunch of times. You've been on mine a couple times, but this is the second time we're doing like this collab episode where um, where we're airing it on both of we're airing the same episode on both of our channels. I know we have a lot of repeat. We have a lot of the same listeners and stuff like that. But um, so you're only going to hear it once. Who knows whose channel you're going to hear it on? But um, but what I would say is I know every time I've like gone on your show or anytime we've done a piece of content, um, I'm always like, Oh my God, that was such good conversation. I wish that was on my channel too. Yeah. So it yep. almost and, seems and like why the not, same way. Yeah. Why not just yeah. kill two birds with one yeah. stone? Right. And put it both yep. on both channels. Anytime we hook up. Yep. Absolutely. You know, especially since we're coming off of, you know, the, the content we're putting out there, we're usually coming off a show or something that we've done together and, and, you know, I could talk about it on mine from my point of view. You can talk about it on yours from your point of view. But sometimes it's great if, if you've got two people like bouncing things back and forth, you know, it, and it kind of reminds you too. you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that or I didn't recognize that. So, yeah, this is great being able to do this together and, and let, you know, let the listeners hear it from both sides at the same time. Yeah, man. So I'll paint the picture for you. I, I, we're like a couple schoolgirls. So on the way on the way to the shows when we set up together now. We didn't drive to New Jersey uh, to the last show this past Saturday. To, first of all, I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Let's just throw that out there, right? <laughs> Hopefully everyone had a good Thanksgiving. This is dropping on Black Friday uh, 2022. So I hope uh, everyone is doing well. Hope you're not spending too much money. Got to save it for cards, but don't forget about the fam as well, right? Ho hopefully uh, you're over the uh, the food hangover. I, I know, I know. Uh, in, in the, my pod this week that I already dropped and, and it was one of those, I, I did the pod very late on, on, uh, Monday night, Monday night. I did it very late Monday night and I just uploaded it. Right. I forgot to put the intro in because whatever, I don't even know what I think I'm episode 44 and I forgot to put an intro in, I, you know, and, and, um, on top of that, what I listened to it the next day, what I was talking about on, you know, Friday having a food hangover, I left out the food part and I said, I know I'll be over my hangover. <laughs> my family's looking at me. They're like, are we partying on Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're, you're, you know, you enjoy a nice glass of uh, white wine every once in a while. So, uh, so I figured that's what you meant, but I had an idea. That's not what you meant because I've never known you to be drunk since no, i've known you no, no, so more food more, yeah, yeah. More, more food yeah than, than the alcohol absolutely yeah exactly um and let me just say this you know i want to kind of put this out there this is something that i would normally say on my podcast um you know with you know we're going through a lot of tough times right now right we're talking about cards and this is a card podcast we're going to be talking about spending money and whatnot but you know this country um if you're in the united states and i think probably all around the world is feeling it um you know we're in a recession right now and money has been really tight recently so don't put and i have this talk with my clients all the time and and really when as i'm saying it to my clients i can i'm it's almost like i'm giving myself the same pep talk um don't feel like you need to break the bank to make your family happy. You know what I mean? If, 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 if money is tight, you know, put that out there. Like, yeah, guys, we're trying to cut back. Um, you know, my wife and I were just having the conversation before, like, like with my sister, all the kids and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, listen, let them know, like, we're not going nuts for them this year for Christmas. And, and so I'm having that conversation with family. My wife's having that conversation with me. So don't feel like, like, trust me. 
they'll get over not getting, you know, millions of dollars in gifts. Yeah. They'll get over that, you know, but you don't want to be playing catch up on Christmas in March and April. No, and that's and that's a that's really tough. That's really tough to do that. And and you know, I I'm I'm past that point. I mean, my kids are all grown up and and um, but I could remember, you know, back when my kids were a little, you know, struggling a little and and doing that, you know, and it was one of those things that, you know, come January, like December, you were like, yeah, you know, I, I'm glad I did this. And then come January, you're like, oh, my God, what have I done? Right. And and yeah, it takes a lot to get out of it. And, and I always tell people just, you know, do what you can, but don't don't take on too much. Yeah. Don't take on too much. And sometimes just being around family is enough. Right. I mean, that's what the holidays are really about. I know we've commercialized it to to the the presents and the gifts and, you know, who got what. But, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it when, when all this first started, it was really just to get the family together. It was a good time to get everybody together for for a meal and things like that. So, uh, you know, don't forget that part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, side note, I wasn't even planning on sharing any of this, but just to give you an idea of kind of like what I've been up to personally, you know, I think the holidays, you know, we, it, it really, you know, it's the end of the year. So you look back and it's always a time of reflection for people, right? No matter what's happened, good, bad, or indifferent. And, um, recently I've just been thinking about my father a lot. You know, he passed away in 2013 and, um, I've been thinking about him a lot. So I actually called up his older brother, yesterday my uncle bill i called up my um his oldest brother yesterday and there's a 12 year difference in their age so like they they weren't that close i guess but i called him and uh i hadn't talked to him in a couple years i haven't seen him since my wedding six years ago um but i just talked with him for an hour i opened up my laptop and i asked him i said hey you know do you have some time to talk to me about my dad and i just started asking questions about my dad about their upbringing you know it's like stuff that like like I have a general idea, you know, of like what, how my dad was as a kid and, and what his upbringing was, but it made me, I don't know why I think I was just feeling like super nostalgic and kind of emotional. Even now, as I'm saying, it, I could like feel my voice starting to crack a little. Um, but, and I just took notes. I took like two pages of notes, you know, just, just on stories about my dad and what he was like, what he liked, what he didn't like. And it was pretty cool. So, you know, I, I did that yesterday and, um, you know, because two out of four of the siblings are gone. He had three siblings. My dad is gone and his favorite sister who they were mm -hmm. best friends. She's gone. So really it's just, you know, two siblings left. They're getting older, you know, and I want to be able to tell my kids about my father, you know, their grandfather sure. who they never got to meet. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal, right? Like I just said before, family is a big deal. And especially um, if you didn't know that much about your about a father, a mother, or or a grandparent too. Like I never, I never even knew my grandparents. They were all gone before, you know, before I was even born. So there's, you know, and and it's interesting now that, um, you know, with my mother, my father has been been gone for years too. But with my mother, you know, she's at that age now where she, you know, she remembers everything, but who knows for how long. So you know, when I go and you know, I, I do a lot with her. I take care of. I do a lot with her and. You know, I, I get to hear all the stories and, you know, at my age, sometimes I'm hearing things for the first time. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Know? How come I'm just hearing about this now? You know, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of like the little the family, little secrets that no one ever talked about, you know, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. We got to go get coffee now because I need to hear this whole story. Um, and and, and I, I'm like, the because I'm taking care of my mom, I'm the first one hearing these stories. And I'm like you, I'm like taking notes. I'm, at one time I said, can I tape this? Because I, I'm not I'm never going to remember this. And, and no one's going to believe me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And you know, I've done that before too. Um, I can remember talking to my grandmother and just recording a conversation. But you know, one thing I learned about my dad, so his nickname was Boot B O O T. So everyone called him Boot his whole life. And and my nickname was Lil Boot when I came along. So like all the all his friends, his coworkers, everyone called me Lil Boot. And uh 
And I was always told it was because he always wore like these black boots. He always wore, you know, he was a biker. He rode a motorcycle, Harley. And uh, so he always wore black boots. And uh, but then my uncle yesterday told me that he's like, oh, I think part of the reason why they called him boot is because when he was a teenager, um, he had a beef with someone and he kicked in the guy's car window. <laughs> and I was like, I've never heard this story before. Absolutely never heard this story before. But uh but yeah, so I don't know. Family, it's cool, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So um so, so we're, yeah, we're, man, like, we're, we're ten minutes in. <laughs> ten minutes in mentioned a card yet. <laughs> I know, haven't even mentioned a card. So so generally, Ken and I, we you know, when we go to shows together, we uh we usually set you know, when we set up every time we do a show together, we're set up right next to each other. Usually the promoters, they look out for us, they're happy that you know we're there, we're happy to be there, they put us front and center. We usually have prime real estate at most shows we set up at, which is really cool. And um usually when we do that, we drive together. However, just as of recently, between me only doing like one day of a two day show and you might stay over or me having, you know, a son who, you know, is only five months old and, and I might have to like run and leave the show early. We haven't been driving together, but we talk literally on the phone the entire way there for an hour and a half. We talk right. So this past Saturday, yeah. we talked for 90 minutes on the way there. We talked for 90 minutes on the phone on the ride home. But really, I think that's because even though we're set up right next to each other, we we're not talking talk. much at the shows because, I mean, the last show in New Jersey was pretty busy and it yeah. felt good. And I know you talked about it on your podcast earlier this week. I talked about it on my podcast earlier this week. It felt really good to go to a show and see a nice, steady flow of people. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it was great, and and like you said, we never when we're at the show all day, we don't talk. Like we may come over if we if we have a pickup, we'll run over next to each other and show each other a card or something, or say, hey, I just got this, uh, or hey, I just sold that. But I mean, we didn't, we don't have time to like sit and chit chat, right? It's it's we had constant uh, traffic, and being at the front door too, we get to see that. We get to see, and and I said this too. Um, about the Springfield show too is like we get to see people on the way in and then we get to see them on the way back out again. So, so really it's kind of a, a, a cool position to be in because you, you get to see people twice and you'll see people like we'll go around the room two or three times. And when I go to a show, I'm that guy. When I go to the show, I'll never buy something on my first pass. I'll, and, and I may lose out if I do, I do, but I'll walk around and I'll go look at all the tables. And then my second time around, then I'll start negotiating or talking about, I may ask some prices on my first time around, but it's always my second time. And that's just the way I do things, you know, because I, I, I want to take it all in before I, I, I don't want to be that guy that walks in and buys that card at the first table and spends all my money and then get to another table and be like, oh, that was the card I really came for. Well, I'll tell you what, you're much more disciplined than me. And um, because I, I'm that guy, when I walk in, um, a lot of times I do buy with emotion, you know, and, and I've talked about it before, you know, when people talk about like national or some of these bigger shows or I go in with a plan, you'll be overwhelmed, you know, go in there, uh, know what you're looking for. Don't buy. And I'm like, listen, don't spend all your I, money the first day <laughs> when I go to a card store or when I go to a card show, I want to be, I want to feel like a kid in a candy store. Now I don't want to buy a card. I absolutely have no desire for like at the end of the day, but a lot of times I don't know. I want a card until I see it in person. I, yeah. I, you know what? I've been that way. That's, that's the way I've been up until now. And, and it's always been nice, new, shiny prospects, right? I mean, that's what I've been doing all along. And I, I've curbed myself of that. I have, I have a, I have a mental electrocution right that when i see something like like you know a mac jones you know anything that's that's a nice shiny new prospect and i'm like oh 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 all of a sudden it's like you know it's like it's mental now it's like okay hold on like it's ptsd like like okay i've been bit a bunch of times on cars like this let me step back and i do the same thing with wax too it's like oh 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 no no i can't and i push it away you know it's like I, i'm becoming so disciplined um and and that's just from experience and that's that's just from maturing in this hobby and 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 being on you know both really both sides of the table but being on my side of the table just to see uh i'm i'm becoming really 
focused. And, and I, I use this term a couple of times being PC focused. So if I'm buying a card for my PC, I'm very focused of what cards I want to put in there. And if I'm buying cards that are going in my case to sell, again, I'm very focused because I know what's selling and I'm not going to end up with, you know, a whole bunch of cards that I think look great that nobody wants to buy. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, I know you were heavy on Mac Jones, right? And and it's easy right now to like laugh and point the finger at people that were kind of heavy on Mac Jones because now it's like, you know, hindsight is 2020, but no one's laughing and pointing at the people that were investing in Tua or Jalen Hurts right now because right now they're hot. So those guys look really smart and you might look really stupid, but let me tell you something. Tua could have very easily been Mac Jones this year. I mean, the Patriots easily could have been like nine and two at this point in the season. So I, I think in general, and you're right, and and I know when I got back in the hobby a few years ago, you know, I wanted the cards that ever that I was seeing, that everyone was posting, the the coveted cards, the coveted players, you know, and I think it's fun to to kind of do that prospecting. But I think early on, you know, even even going back to my first, you know, couple dozen episodes of Sports Card Therapist. Now I'm at episode 120, but even even like in the first 20 episodes, I was saying, you know what, man, I'm doing uh, goats over prospecting. It just seems too risky, and if I don't have an emotional tie to these people, you know, to these players, why do I why do I want to put my money there? But yeah. I get it because it's like gambling, you know. So a lot of people do it though. A lot of people do it, and there's a lot of people watching this podcast right now or listening to this podcast that do that, and you can make some good money doing it. Yeah. For, but, for me. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's just not for me, though. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, something I say all the time is you have to lose to win, right? You're not going to show up in anything and just be a 100% winner at everything. I don't care what you do. You need to go in, even if you win the very first time, right? And you go back the second time and you lose your shirt. Right. And you're like, oh, OK, you know, that put me back in my place. Right. That set me back a little. But those are the things you remember. You know, those are the lessons that you remember that you carry with you. So as you go and and, and we had this exact conversation where I said, I have a Mac Jones PSA three and I look at it all the time. Right. Because that just reminds me of just something I did that I thought was a really good decision at the time to send a whole bunch of Mac Jones off, you know, at $150 to have them graded uh, when the Mac Jones PSA 10 was selling for $3,000, right? And by the time those cards came back from P and you even try to talk me out of it. And by the time those cards came back from PSA, Mac Jones was selling at $300, right? And, and for a PSA 10. And I thought to myself, well, I'm not going to sell them now. I mean, I've just spent all this money on grading. And now that PSA 10 is less than $100, right? So one of those cards was a PSA 3. And I I leave that card over here. And, and, I, and I just, it reminds me, you know, of making a bad decision when I thought it was a good decision. So it helps me think through more of whatever I'm doing if, it, if I think it's prospecting in the, in any little way. Yeah. And, and that PSA three Mac Jones, right. It's a, it's a Don Russ rated rookie. Um, and you had like six or seven of them, right. That you sent out the PSA at 150 bucks. I remember you ended up spending like a thousand dollars on grading and, and that one thing, but that's because the tens at the time were going for three grand and that PSA three that you got, if you showed it to me, just looking at it that looks like a psa 10 that yeah. should be a 10 so that tells me that there's probably some kind of like weird invisible print line that like no one sees or there's like a hairline crease that the, the human eye really can't see unless you are fully trained at looking at these cards um and even after years of being in this hobby i'm not i feel like i i'm not fully trained at this stuff you know so i think that's kind of why i've given up on grading for the most part but how could you you know i get it like you know, you were seeing these cards going for three grand. You were like, okay, I have these Mac Jones cards. Why not invest a thousand dollars? Because potentially I could make $10,000 back from this, but yeah. within 30 days or 21 days or however long it took for you to get those cards back, it was already too late. Cause that was cards were already dropping off a cliff. Yeah. And, and, and I've heard it said before, and I'm probably the way I'm going to say it, it's probably going to butcher it. I'm sure it could be said a lot 
you know, more profoundly. But if you see cards or players that are hot right now, it's probably already too late. So you either have to really be able to prospect on guys before they get hot or just kind of, you know, get lucky. And maybe it's someone you PC that gets hot. But one thing that you said that has stood out to me, and I said this to you the other day, you said it on your podcast before you said, if, if I'm in this as a dealer, right, you're in this as a dealer. If there is the hottest player in the market right now, like Mac Jones was last year, like Tua and Jalen Hurts are at this moment, at least, um, just because you're the hottest in the in the market right now and in the hobby, don't think I can ask over comps for them and get them because I'm probably going to get stuck holding that card. I should I should sell it at comps, make my money, take my profit, and keep it moving. Because you got stuck with a bunch, you're holding a bunch of Mac Jones cards right now, right? And and you're not even a Patriots fan. Like you're a Chiefs fan. You've always been a Chiefs fan. Yep. You've yep. been a, a lifelong Chiefs fan. And now you have a bunch of Mac Jones cards because and, and here's the thing, it would make no sense for you to move those cards now, right? Like you might as well hold on to them. Yeah. You might as well hold on to them because he might, you know, Patriots could come out next year and go twelve and five. Yeah. And all I mean, of a sudden I mean, we- we look at Tua, right? Look at Tua last year. Look at his prices. His cards were so down last year that compared to this year. So it, it makes sense. In my mind, it makes sense. Okay, he's a young quarterback. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Makes sense just to put him put him away for now um, and, and hope maybe next year. And these are, again, the lessons that I'm learning, that I'm seeing players that were down last year that are up this year and players that were way up last year that are down this year. You know, e- even even the um, Herberts and Burrows, those cards are down. Yeah, you know they and and they were those those were two of the hottest cards last year. You know, in in the football season um, for for rookie because they were at that time a second year rookie, uh, and they're down this year. And if you're holding those cards, you're better off, you know, possibly holding those, and hopefully they make a Super Bowl run because again, they're still rookie cards, right? Yeah. At the end of the day. These are still rookie cards. And if these guys make a run at any point, you know, you'll have the ammo in the closet to pull out at any time to, you know, to cash in. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the show on Sunday, I know that, uh, you know, tomorrow and Sunday you're going to be in, uh, is it Terrytown? Terrytown, New York. You're going to be in Terrytown, New York, which is like a home of the East Coast National. It's a huge show, a couple hundred tables. The place is usually packed. It's mm-hmm. usually mobbed. Um, so I know at the um, last week in New Jersey, it seemed like I was getting most most of my sales were on cards that were two or three hundred dollars and less. You know, I mean, I, I moved a bunch of cards that were 80, 60, 150. You know, I mean, there weren't too many cards that that people were really looking at, you know. For a thousand cash. I mean, I don't know what was, what was your, and, and there was one card that I moved for eight fifty. but you know what? I actually ended up trading down. I trade and that's something I never do. I am always looking to trade up with something. I'll, I'll gladly put my $800 card together with 800 cash and get a 16 or a $1,500 card. But I traded down because I just I didn't feel this card. I, I wasn't attached to it or anything. And I got a couple liquid cards and I got so I got a Giannis Prism rookie BGS 95. Comps were between five and six hundred bucks on that. Um that was one of the cards I traded down to. And um just yesterday I was able to move that for the iconic nineteen eighty rookie of larry bird magic johnson and dr j so that was really freaking cool that was able to get an iconic rookie card by trading down eventually but i had to make a couple moves to do it you know um but what was your experience with like your 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 selling what were your sales uh were people looking to trade do partial trade partial cash like what was your what were you seeing on saturday because you have some big cards in your case some big liquid nfl cards yep yep so for me um that last show last weekend started the weekend before for me so I went to the Mount Kisco show in New York. It was my second time going there. Just it to walk it. You went to walk it. I just went to walk it. Yeah. And why I was there, it's a small show. Why I was there I was walking around. 
I was listening to people. I'm looking in people's cases and I could see people. So, so he, here to me now is now is a big trigger, right? So I'm watching and, and everybody's got their phones and they're over the case. And what I'm watching, what, what are they taking picture, pictures of? What, you know, because they want to put it in the alt to see. And are all well, Art Ladder also has the option now. So oh, it does. Art Ladder has that option of being able to uh, take that picture, scan it, and then have comps come up immediately. Oh, that's good to know. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're either taking pictures of the cards, and I'm seeing running into people I know, and um, they're doing this. They're looking at the same cards, and we're having a conversation about them. You know, oh, I think that card's too high, and whatever. And, and I'm thinking in my mind, well, it may be high. But this is what people are looking for right now. So walking around that show, I got the idea that people were really looking for Hertz and Tua cards. So I walked that show a couple of times. And before I left, I bought a couple of Tua cards, a couple of Hertz cards, uh, priced them, you know, for my case. And I brought those to the last show. So as far as my sales, so my sales of the one to two hundred dollars were in soccer cards. They weren't. They were not in football cards. Um, I did two big cash sales uh, of a one of a Hertz card and one of a Tua card. You know oh. that were that were just that were just all all cash on that. Um, a lot of people came to trade, but I would have been trading down, and I would have been trading down to cards that I didn't believe in. So I wasn't, I mean, people were interested in my cards and on the opposite, when I was in Mount Kisco, I had cards and I, we talk about this, they're stale, right? Whether they're stale to me, they're cards. They could be I, great cards. They could be great liquid cards, but mm -hmm. for some reason they've been in your collection or inventory for I think longer than you thought, longer than you anticipated. Yeah. And now you're like, I, I need this out of my sight. I think yeah. we all have cards like that. <laughs> yeah. And I say, I say stale cards are stale to me and I get basketball cards. I only ha get a few of them. And I, sometimes I think they get lost in my case too. I think people come up and look in the case and they never actually see them. Uh, this way, when I'm at a show and I pull them out and I say, Hey, I've got these cards. It's something you're interested in. And the cards that I felt when I bought them and I put them in my case, they were going to, you know, sell, sell quickly that did not st sell again, great cards, you know, autograph on card or, or sticker autographs and numbered and things like that. That's that another dealer sees and says, wow, that's a great card. I can move that to my customers, right? Because now I have a whole case full of basketball here and I attract people in. So I made some trades. I traded those cards and some cash to get into these cards that I was going to sell at, you know, at the next show. Um, and I did not trade. I did not trade down and, and again, there's, I, I don't want to, I, I, I love to level up. I would trade down and I've trade down once before if I was trading down to something that I really wanted, but well, nothing. Well, it's got to make sense, right? Yeah, it's got to make sense. And or I know some, when, I, when I trade up, right, when I trade up, when I, when I go to these, you know, bigger cards, I need to give some sort of reason to that person to want to trade down so usually i'm paying a little bit over so the way i took this Giannis prism and then put that with cash i actually probably paid about a hundred dollars over comps for that uh for that bird irving and magic johnson card because he was trading down he was trading down i would imagine he believes in that yeah that Giannis is a liquid card you know people mm -hmm. want it it just moves but you have to so it does. It wouldn't make sense for you to trade down unless you are absolutely coming out the better end of the deal, and they're paying some sort of premium to you. Mm -hmm. I talked to a few dealers at that I know at Mount Kisco and at the last show, and my thought and what I said was, it took me a long time to trade up into some of my bigger cards. Um, why would I? Why would I? You know. Go, go backwards. I would think going backwards and then talking to them, they're saying that's great as long as you love those big cards, but nobody has the cash to come in and buy those cards. And in Very my cool. mind, I was in my mind, I was going to take a bigger card and then trade it into even a bigger card with cash. Like to just try to take that one card and keep moving up. But mm -hmm. on that end, people weren't interested. 
people were, you know, sometimes when that card gets over $5,000, people are like, no, I really want cash, you know, or you really need to have a very specific card that people want, you know, that are willing to take um, a lower card in cash for. So I don't know if I'm in a situation with, with a card or two now that if I don't trade down, I may never be able to trade up on them. Like what? Give me an example. Uh, the Josh Allen, the tricolor, uh, number to 99. So this card is about, uh, you know, a 37, $3,800 card. Is that a prism rookie? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. And it's card. a PSA 10. Yeah. And it's a PSA 10. Yeah. Beautiful card. Um, yeah. I would imagine without a doubt, you will be able to move that. Um, in the smartest time probably would be playoffs or right after um, the Bills get their first win. And probably, honestly, you know what I would probably do? I would probably send that to Probstein on eBay. Send it to Probstein after Buffalo gets their first playoff win this season. You know, because you know they're going to be gearing up for a game against the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, you'll probably... What are comps on it now? About 3700 I could be wrong. It all depends on where the market is. But if I'm going to get my crystal ball out and probably definitely be wrong about this, we'll probably look back on this to see how wrong I was. But I would imagine that if comps right now are 37800 um, you'll probably be able to get 4500 for it after the first playoff win this season um, that Buffalo has during that week, middle of the week. And after fees and everything like that, you'll probably get like 4k cash, which is probably what you would get offered at a show anyways. But it makes me nervous not to have control. It makes of me, of course nervous me too. I, to I've never sent control. any card. I have a big card like that. <laughs> I could send that card in and I'm not going to be on my end. I'm not going to be trying to pump it anywhere so i'm going to be sitting home waiting to, and watching to see where this goes and somebody may get a great somebody may get that card for 2500 what if nobody wants to bid that, that that's i would rather i i would rather hold it and 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 you know get cash in hand take take cash in hand with it yeah. and and have complete control over that card you know my my thought with that card was honestly and it's a beautiful card and josh allen is hot Right. My my thought with that card was I'm going to trade this and cash up to a Mahomes XRC PSA 10. I mean, that that was my goal when I acquired that card, that that was my next step into a into a Mahomes XRC PSA 10. Yeah. And, and honestly, I have not been able to find one at a show to make that offer. Listen, man. And, and at the time of recording this, um a Mahomes XRC BGS 9.5 ends tonight. I think I've sent, I think I've sent it to you like three times already like that. Like, I don't know, man, if you have the cash, I would just grab a 9.5. A BGS yeah. 9.5 goes for almost half the price of a PSA 10. Um, and I can almost guarantee that'll be worth, if you can get that tonight for like, say 3,500, You'll probably be able to get five k for it as they're making a Super Bowl run, and 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 I know you don't want to flip it. That that's going to be a PC card of yours, right? But I mean, why not go for it? the BGS nine fives? Are sexy. I love the cases. I love how they look, man. They are. They're just sexy, man. Um, and I don't but, know where Probstein keeps coming up with these. Like this is like his, people send like them in. Those aren't one. Fifth one putting out there. I'm like, come on, man. Listen, I, I think you should grab that tonight. I'm just saying that. I'm just yeah. putting that out there, man. Grab it. Be done with it. And that's why I made sure to make a deal on that Larry Bird, Dr. J, Magic Johnson card. I made sure to do that even if I had to pay over because I knew that was a card I've wanted. I've had a couple of them now, and I wanted to make sure I got that card so mentally I could move on from it. And that's going to be a PC card. So, so, and I'm kind of curious because I think people are in your position a lot. And, and, and this isn't anything I told you I was going to ask you or going to prep you for, but you know, you came back in the hobby a couple of years ago, right? Just like a lot of us did. And you 
kind of like I was doing in the beginning and like a lot of people did, right? They're, you're trying to level up. You're trying to get some bigger liquid cards so you can keep leveling up into bigger cards. Um, most people, myself included, have really found their lane with their PC. And that's where that's where, you know, the cards, if you're watching on YouTube, the cards sitting behind me, those are all my PC cards. Um, you know, so this iconic rookie like um, type lane i love that lane that's my lane i love it it feels so good to me to get these cards and own these cards it feels like you still as much as you've leveled up with your collection your case i mean you have easily uh you know uh 50 to 100k case sitting there uh at the show you have yet to really figure out like what your pc lane is like when's this going to happen when are you going to start when are you going to start getting some big pc cards so like quietly i've been buying i look behind me i've been buying lots of hockey cards and and i talked about this and and probably maybe around episode 10 12 something like that you know talking about all my hockey experience my whole life you know from a little kid being involved in hockey all the way up and just getting into the hobby and knowing that there there's a the 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 real slow lane the breakdown lane is where hockey is in in the hobby right oh so God. i oh just God. steered away from that and said like i know football so i'm just going to stick with football because there's good money there and and yes i've been kind of all over the place with that but but i think my pc lane is is definitely going to be hockey and i'm starting to really enjoy players that i watched play uh i mean i've prospected a little just getting um you know uh these new young guns cards but i've been you know making some investments in some gretzky cards some ovechkin cards uh some mario lemieux cards you know players like that and and i'm really enjoying that and it i i've been able to separate that from the business part of the hobby i'm separating that from my cases it's it's something that i work on my cases and get ready for shows and i do all that and then it's like a whole other thing that i do where i say okay now it's my time now i'm going to go look for some hockey cards and i'm going to do this and do that um and and honestly the only um the only pickup i had uh last week at the last show was this uh, second year Alex Ovechkin NHL sweet sweet stitches? I'll hold that up. And hockey, if you know, is all game worn. Everything that they put in there is always game game worn. And this was number to two hundred, right? Wow. So so yeah. cards like this, and they're very affordable. And I'm 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 just having a good time doing it. So. Right Finally, now. after a couple years, you are starting to really hone in on on maybe some hockey cards. And it sounds like almost like almost how I see things with like anything that kind of brings nostalgia. Right. And I think that's for a lot of us, a lot of us. And I think that's why there's a big area in the hobby that collect a lot of like 90s inserts because th those are the you know players that we grew up watching right yep. and so you're saying like you know what ovechkin uh gretzky these are guys that i've watched over the course of my life that i really like and and i think slowly i'm going to start investing in those yeah yep I love and it. i still have believe it or not i still have boxes of cards from the 70s that i had that i didn't they weren't the same cards that I had in the seventies, but there are cards that I acquired uh, in the late eighties, early nineties of the seventies players. Uh, and I, I dug out all these boxes and I've sleeved all these cards and, you know, I've just kept them. I've, I've held on to them. There's not, there's not a lot of value in them, but I'm having fun with it. And I, and I figured out a way, like I said before, to separate my PC from, the 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 shows the business part of yeah you yeah what's in my case yeah well one thing i can say um so i'm in this vintage group chat right on instagram and a bunch of vintage guys and they're phenomenal incredible guys i mean everything from you know a 50k collection to a million dollar collections you know in there and um and last night i saw something and someone said man these auctions are getting butchered and i'm like 
the way that was worded, what does that mean exactly? I think I know what that means, but let me see. And as I started reading all the comments and follow-ups to that comment, it was like between the recession that we're in and between the holidays, these auctions are ending super low, super low. So you, I mean, you know, you got to figure, man, you've talked about how you can get some steals on a Sunday night. If Monday's a holiday, if it's yeah. a three day weekend. Right. I mean, here we are. Right. I know in AA, they call, um, they call the three holidays, the Bermuda triangle, because a lot of times people like lose their sobriety, like the Bermuda triangle, right? Like that's like a, this mysterious place, like out in the ocean where people get lost and you never hear from them again. Right. Like, so yeah. in AA, they call, uh, the three holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, the Bermuda Triangle. So when you think about it like that, how much, how busy we are, how much we just kind of get lost in the holidays and how distracted we're all going to be over the next five or six weeks, um, I would think would, and, and how strapped for cash most of us will probably be. I mean, I think now would probably be the time to keep your eye on these auctions. Don't sleep on these auctions. Mm. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I've even put myself in, in, in predicaments before where, um, where I've won auctions and didn't have the card funds available. <laughs> I had my personal funds, but I don't want to touch. I want to use card funds. I don't right. want to use, you know, so then there becomes that challenge of like, Oh my God, I need to move something now. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm on Instagram or I'm in the Facebook group selling a card below comps and then people, jump on that so it's like this trickle down effect so i think you might be able to find e um even better deals in facebook groups and on instagram because people are doing the same thing either a they're selling their their some cards because they need the holiday money or b they're on to the same thing and they just got a deal of a lifetime on an auction but they're trying to free up some card money so yeah. either way i think there's a lot of opportunity for to acquire some big boys over the next six weeks, if you can, if yeah. you have the money. And, and, and the same though goes for cards that we talked about at the beginning for holidays. You don't want to be stuck paying for a December card in April. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? So be responsible, but also if you, if you can do it, I think there's some real opportunities over the next six weeks. Yeah. Plan ahead. Plan ahead. And that's how I always say you need to plan ahead. Um, and, and one thing and, and coming into the holidays, I'm going to say that before I jump back into cards that I've, I've instilled in my kids uh, is, is never carry a balance on your credit card. Right. So why, why pay interest on your own money? Uh, and, and I've done that my whole life, you know, and it's, and if I'm, if I'm spending money, it's because I had the money and I planned ahead to spend the money. And if I don't have the money, I'm not putting it on a credit card or I'm not charging it. Um, but anyways, back to the cards, just talking about getting, uh, getting these great deals. I mean, I did hear I'm just holding up, uh, a Tua XRC PSA 10 that just came in the mail yesterday. Nice. Just just in time for the show this weekend. That, that uh, should be gone this weekend. And yeah. And, and the price you I don't, picked, if you don't move that card this weekend, you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> the the price I picked the card up for that, by the time it showed up to the house, by the time I got it here, it was, you know, the price is almost doubled of that card. Yeah. So, you know, I start to think to myself, okay, there, there, there's some shining lights here. You know, I'm, I'm getting it. I'm figuring, I'm figuring things out. And I, and I, and I get really excited when, when something goes right, like when something goes as planned, but you're still prospecting. So you were just talking about how you want to get away from the prospecting, but now I think prospecting pulls you back in when you're able to get deals like that and, and, and potentially make that kind of flip. And I think that's what keeps people prospecting. Yeah. And the price I got it at, um, again, being a much smarter collector, uh, the price I got it at just made so much sense. Uh, and, and the same with the cards last weekend. Um, when, when I came up with a price to buy those cards that I knew I could sell them at the following show, I said, here, here is my offer. I really don't want to negotiate, um, because this is what, this is all I want to play, you know, pay for these cards. Um, but then I had these trade value, you know, these trade cards, if you want to make a deal with those, let's go ahead. And we were able to do that. So there's still a price point in mind. And when, with this card, um, 
I did not go crazy. You know, there was a there was a price point that I said if I get it if I get this card, I could turn around and sell this card. If I put this card right now in a Facebook group or throw it on an Instagram story, I would sell it for a profit. So again, it is prospecting because he's a younger guy, but he's a hot guy right now, you know? So it's something that, that I'll be able to move. I'm struggling right now. I'm working with a deal right now of, of a couple, you know, big Zach Wilson cards that, I mean, he may not even start this weekend and, and I'm trying to get them at a price that, that makes sense that he does, if he doesn't start, and I've kind of thrown my final offer back saying, this is, I mean, don't be offended with me, but this is the only price that makes sense to me to, to purchase this at. And I'm okay walking away from the cards. Listen, it's, when it comes to Zach Wilson, at least this week, um, it's a buyer's market. He had the worst week ever. Um, everyone hates him, including his own locker room, I would imagine. Yep. I mean, you know, the fact that he took zero accountability you know, so just to kind of rewind, you know, I'm sure this is going to be old news pretty soon. But so uh, this past weekend, the Jets played the Patriots. It was a 3-3 game with like 15 seconds left. And the Patriots won on basically what was like a walk-off punt return touchdown yep. and ended up winning. Right. And uh, and he blamed having a bad game on the wind. But the thing is, Mac Jones went like 22 for 27 with the wind so that didn't hold up then a reporter said do you and i'm paraphrasing here but do you take any of the blame for not winning the game when your defense had such a good game and he said no he literally <laughs> just said no and i mean everyone lost else. it the sports world completely lost it you know, and, and for good reason, you know, like it sounds so cliche, like every time you hear these sports cliches, whether if it's LeBron or it's him or it's her, you know, like, oh, I got to do better. I take full responsibility, blah, blah, blah. But that's because that's what you're supposed to say. You're so, especially if you're the quarterback. So, yeah, people don't even know. And I know um, New York sports talk radio, the fan. I I love the fan. They they put out a. um a poll to listeners in new york city in new york city so they probably got thousands if not hundreds of thousands of responses about who you want to be the jets quarterback and uh zach wilson was last out of the three he was tied with joe flacco with like 23 percent each and then like 60 percent went to uh what's that guy is it white yeah yeah. So, yeah. um, yeah. So, I mean, the, he's crashing and burning. So now would be the time. And if you can get in at a decent price and it's for that reason, why last night I actually text you, I was, I was about to make a play on a, uh, on a Mac Jones XRC last night. Cause I'm yeah, like, I'm like, Mac Jones is no one wants Mac Jones right yeah. now. I'm going to try to grab this XRC yeah. just because why not? Yeah. But, um, Obviously, somebody wanted it more. <laughs> Absolutely, but I'll tell you what, man. With between that Josh Allen card you have, the the tricolor prism, and the uh, Tua that you have, the XRC, I would imagine you'd be able to put both those together if you wanted to, and maybe even like a grand cash, just so the dealer gets some cash because cash is king, right? Yeah. Um, yep. Even like a grand cash, and probably be able to walk away with like a gorgeous Mahomes RPA. I mean, and the thing is, because in my opinion, uh, from everything I've seen, like Josh Allen's numbers aren't great. Like he's electric on the field, you know, and we've all seen what Josh Allen can do. But when you compare his numbers to Mahomes, I watched, I, I saw this like stat. Um, I think Mahomes only played like three more games than him or something like that. But Mahomes has like almost double the yardage career, double the touchdowns career, less interceptions, like the stats are just mind-boggling at yeah, but, how much better Mahomes is than Allen, and yet Allen prices were going for more than Mahomes this offseason. I'll tell you why. The stats go out the window, and it's almost as if Allen or the Buffalo and the Buffalo Bills are like the nemesis to, to the Kansas City Chiefs. It was Tom Brady, right? It was Tom Brady and the Patriots. They, they, they could, they could beat them, but they didn't beat them when they needed to beat them. Right. And it was, you know, that, that huge game last year with, with Josh oh, Allen, that was incredible. The bills and the chiefs. And then this year, the bills go out and beat the chiefs. 
you know, this year. And, you know, people are saying, oh, that's the AFC championship game is, you know, Bills and Chiefs, Bills and Chiefs, you know, and the, the, you know, Josh Allen, all he needs to do is, you know, like the Patriots get to the playoffs and play well. And they'll go to an AFC championship game. They have, they have a lot of pieces in place in that team up there in Buffalo. Listen, if Mahomes does not win, I'll put it at four, just like Joe Montana. If he doesn't win four rings in his career, I'll be shocked. Hmm. I, I will, I'll be absolutely shocked if he doesn't have four rings. Um, yeah. I don't think he's going to have a career like Brady. I don't think anyone ever will, right? Hmm. Like, you know, seven titles. That's, that's unreachable. Yeah. But, I'd be I think shocked. A lot of records. He's going to break a lot of records. Mahomes is just he, Mahomes is a different animal. He is, yeah. you know, he's the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. So I know you have to go. You're actually past the time that you have to go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this was awesome, man. This was great uh, doing this again, man. And uh, really, this is just stuff we talk about on a daily basis. Anyways, we just decided to record it today. Yeah, good time as usual. And I say all the time, like when you got on and you said. Uh, you know, do we need to talk about anything? I said, no, it's like, here, I'm going to dial the phone and this is what we're going to do because this is what we, you know, this is, this is this, our, our daily, you know, conversations. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'll end with my tagline and you could end with yours guys. Uh, oh, don't forget, reach out to us. I'm a sports card therapist on Instagram. He is sports card lessons on Instagram. Uh, like, and subscribe to both of our podcasts. Um, please leave us a five-star rating with However it is you listen to us, please go on and, and leave us a rating uh, that helps the both podcasts grow. And um, thank you very much, guys. Take care of yourself and your collection. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. Take care, Rob. You too, man.